Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Cindy Chavez here. Today is Wednesday, June the 27th, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Your first daily dose of happy for today. And uh, I am here to give my report. Are you ready to receive a report today, Cindy? You had a report on what happened with yesterday's meeting. Yes, yes, I do want to hear that report. <laughs> All right. I actually shared it with Wendy, but it, hey, this is a good one, so I get to go over it twice. <laughs> awesome. Yes, I haven't heard it yet, so let's hear it. Yeah, so um, after all of the, the conversation and work we did and so forth, I did exactly what we talked about. I got into that really high-feeling, happy-feeling place, and while I was there, I thought about every single person who was going to attend that meeting yesterday, because this was the meeting just to remind people that uh, I was... I knew it was going to be a little bit of a tough one. It's going to be a there, there's a lot of stress that's been going on and some bad feelings and so forth. So I wanted to get us off to a good start. So I just held everybody into my mind as you know, putting them in in like the best possible light and you know the best things happening to them and then the best things happening with the group and so forth. And then went and led the meeting. And I started off the meeting by saying, you know, we've had a lot of stress here and so forth. Um, I want to try to counter that. What I want to do is I want us to just take a moment and we'll go around and everybody tell us one good thing that's happening with Gardens by Louise. And I started with the GM. She came up with a great answer, basically how great the staff are. Um, went to the assistant manager. She came up with a really good answer about how much uh, communication is improving. And then I went to, to the, the first sales rep who uh, had been kind of at the center of some of the stuff going on. And she hesitated for a minute, but she says, well, we got some good stuff in the pipeline. And I agreed, yeah, that's really good stuff too. And and she relaxed a bit. And then the other sales rep who's brand new, she gave her answer about how great the quality is because we do really good quality work. So the point is I went through that whole exercise and you could feel the room kind of relaxing. Everything was mm -hmm. just calming down, which was good. Now, the purpose of the meeting was to demonstrate this new software that I've got that should help us a lot with the estimating and work orders and so forth. So I started demonstrating that, and you could see them start to get excited, and they were starting to feel good about it. And a few questions were asked, answered the questions. One main question came up was about work orders, and I, I wasn't even aware of how we were doing this. So, I mean, I was kind of doing this on the fly, um, but... I learned how we were doing it, and I learned that the software could actually do all the same kinds of things that we wanted to do, including the work orders. But there was one question about um, with work orders, you don't want to have uh, the pricing on there. You want to just have everything but the pricing. So I wasn't quite sure how to do that. Anyway, we finished that up. We did um, some triage because we needed to get uh, some stuff from the pipeline into the schedule because uh, the workers that day hadn't had as much to do as they really should have had to do. So you know, we, we needed to beef up the schedule and uh, got the two people together who needed most work on that, and they started working together. And then at the end of the meeting, um, we were all breaking up, and I had been texting back and forth with the manufacturers of the software about the work orders and got the word about how to um, produce it the way we wanted to. Told everybody that, and you should, you should have heard the shouts of joy when the staff realized that this big thing that had been a, a major task for them was now going to be no longer a big task because the new software took care of it. So, Yay! <laughs> bottom line, this was a super successful meeting. And it just goes That's to show wonderful. you get yourself into that really good high-flying place and you put everybody else there and then you just go in with a great attitude. You can take a really tough situation because it was going into that meeting. There was a lot of hard feeling and just turn it right around. It's amazing. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Isn't it? Isn't it great? 
definitely a story worth telling again. <laughs> well, and another thing that I think is so great is whenever we have an experience like this, it goes into our, you know, tool bag mm, oh yeah. <laughs> um, for um, the memory of it, just because when we have another, you know, nobody likes a difficult conversation or what they perceive might be a difficult conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my husband says that the words that strike fear into the heart of everyone are, we need to talk. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's like no one ever looks forward to a conversation that they think might be stressful. And so it's always great to look back and think about the times we did have them and they were so, it's like, yeah, this is easy peasy if we let it be. Mm-hmm. It really is. I love that you, I love that you took the time. And, and I'm curious to ask how much time it took, but that you took the time before you went in to you. I think your words were that you held each person and thought about them in the best possible light. Right. Yeah. And I, I was doing that actually on my drive to the office. So the entire trip I did that, which was about a 10 minute trip. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's another great thing to always remind ourselves of is that Getting into alignment doesn't take an enormous amount of time, e- even when we're really out of alignment. Oh, really? Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. I mean, we can get back into alignment in a pretty short time if we'll just focus on it. So it's, it's, it's all, it always pays off, alignment mm-hmm. first. It really does. And I was so excited about how well my little exercise was received because they really re- reacted well to it. That this morning I sent out an email to the entire staff. The subject was, what's going right? Question mark. And in the text of it, I said, here's the question I want us to start asking each other every workday. What's going right at Gardens by Louise? Think about what your reply will be. I'm curious to see how people are going to respond to that one. Well, the thing that's really great about that is it will probably spill over into the rest of their life because that's how our brains work. True. Yeah. And it's just a, you know, I remember when my kids were in school, that was the one question. um, I would always ask them a question when we would eat dinner together. And it was always a question that had some, you know, positive aspect to it. Mm -hmm. So what, what fun thing did you do today? What, exciting thing did you learn today mm-hmm. what you know and and sure they were open to tell me if something happened that didn't feel good of, of course sure. but but when you start the conversation with what's going right you know it it tends to color the rest of of the conversation and the rest of everything so it was really interesting too when, when i asked the one person well i asked everybody but when i got to the one person who had been having the most difficulty lately and quite rightfully so i mean she's been through the through the mill lately but when I asked her, that, I mean, you could tell I, I, I had come to her almost second to last in, of the list to give her time to think about it. And when I came to her, her face was all red and she was going, uh, 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 uh. I mean, she was still kind of, you know, worked up about things. But she finally managed to blurt out that we had stuff in the pipeline. And I immediately jumped on that in a positive way and reinforced like, oh, wow, that's so important because we don't have a business without that. And I, I just, I need to just restate, you could just see the stress fall out of her. I mean, it was just instantaneous. Her whole body just kind of like slumped into relaxation from a very high tense position. Amazing mm. how one little exercise, one positive exercise, one positive reinforcement did that. 
Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. I was real <laughs> pleased with the way that worked out. I was like, whoa, boy, you couldn't ask for a better result than that. <laughs> so. And so, you know, I, I imagine that that also affected the rest of your day. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and everyone else's, too. I think it probably did. I know that uh, two people who really needed to work together, who had not been working together, were working together. That was good. That was really good to see. And I know that, I mean, I, I, I recognized that it was, the stress was affecting me too. And the way I recognized it was I went to bed really early. I was wiped. I, it was a good day, but I had, you know, depleted my reserves and everything. I needed to go to sleep. And I woke up this morning very early, actually, because I went to bed so late, so early rather. But uh, yeah, I mean, even when, when something goes well, it, it can still take it out of you and you have to recover. So I did. Yeah, that's one thing that I find myself explaining or talking about with clients a lot of the time is that we have a tendency to put a sort of negative spin on the idea of stress. Mm -hmm. Like if, if we are to say to someone, you seem stressed out, <laughs> mm -hmm. they will really usually take that as like they get defensive, right? No, I'm not. Like, <laughs> like something's wrong with us. But Stress happens just when anything is out of the ordinary. Mm -hmm. So like all these things that we consider very happy occasions like weddings and babies being born and vacations and a, a new, you know, moving into a, a new home. And those are all really stressful events. They are. Yeah. So They're it's happy. Not really an, yeah. It's not an indication of like whether something is, you know, good or bad. It's just stress happens i especially like um the description my wife gave to me very recently that i don't think she'd ever said to me before i mean we've been together 20 years and this is the first time she actually voiced this thought and i'm sure it's one she's had before but she pointed out that stress is where we aren't breathing properly stress happens yes. because we simply just are taking in very shallow breaths yes stress is actually a symptom of shallow breathing mm -hmm. yeah which, I mean, why would we have shallow breathing when there's a, a wedding or, you know, a baptism or, you know, graduation or whatever? And yet we do. We hold our breath. <laughs> yeah, we hold our breath. And, you know, it's interesting. Now, I don't know. We've been talking this week um, in, the, in our perusal of the book Money and the Law of Attraction. We're on the section that talks about well-being. Mm. Um, but the idea that when, we, when we're born that many times we get swatted so that we'll take a breath. Yeah, right. <laughs> what a great way to start life, right? <laughs> well, and the thing is, is that we will start breathing oh, yeah. um, without that. Yeah. But it, it, take, it takes a while. Mm -hmm. um, and But what that swat does <laughs> is it causes us to take a sharp, short inhale. <gasps> yes. And then we start crying. And mm -hmm. then it. I have heard that it sets our breathing pattern for life and that that's why we, we undo it with things like um, breathing exercises, you know, yoga, meditation, where we're focusing on our breath and we're training ourselves to take nice deep breaths um, because we hold our breath a lot. And that, like you said, that is the thing that causes stress. We always think it's the other way around, like, oh, I must be stressed out. I'm holding my breath. Right. Yeah. But, it's, <laughs> but it, one causes the other in a way we didn't normally expect, which is fascinating. It's really Yeah, it, it is. It really is. So deep breath. Deep breath. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> even as 
I was finishing talking and you, you took over talking there, I realized I wasn't breathing fully. It's like, okay, take a deep breath, Walt. <laughs> I was setting myself up for stress and didn't even realize it. It was crazy. Yeah, we can take three really deep breaths and deep exhale, full exhales in like less than a minute, right? Because mm -hmm. even if we count 10 seconds on a breath, which is a really long breath, we can do that inhale, exhale, you know, 30 seconds, we can take a nice segment of deep breathing. And I remind myself to do that every once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've like, been okay, doing that lately. Yeah, take a deep breath. It, it really does pay off. I mean, I, one of the things that I remember struggling with early on after learning about law of attraction was trying to move my emotional set point. And I didn't learn this uh, one little trick for, for moving it until very recently, but I wish I had known it. One of the best ways you can move your emotional set point is to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. And you hear people say it, right? Yeah. Breathe. Breathe. <laughs> you hear me say a lot of times. I probably said it to you. It's like deep, just say deep breath. Deep breath. Okay. There it is. Let's take a deep breath. So yeah, oh, it, is, it is a definitely a, a game changer, and it's such a small thing. There is a a Buddhist saying that no one, if if you own your breath, no one can steal your power. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. I like that. And so yeah, just it's it's a good thing to do. Yeah. Take a few moments and reset our breathing pattern by understanding how healthy it is and how much stress it will relieve if we just learn how to breathe deeply. Well, let's take a breath. And while we're taking a breath, let's remind ourselves that for those of us who are not yet subscribers to LOA Today, this is a good time to do it. And I think you're beginning to see why. You really do get a daily dose of happy every single time. And, and there are 11 shows a week, 10 during the weekdays and one with David on, on Sunday evenings. And they're really worthwhile because people who are our regular listeners, and we got a lot of them now, they keep listening and listening and listening because they know they're getting their daily doses of happy and they really are feeling the benefit of it. And they're getting reminders on basic things like, you know, taking a deep breath periodically. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, let's do our breathing better. You know, so it really does pay off. And it's so simple to do. It's free. doesn't cost you anything. Well, it costs you one minute. You think you can afford one minute? You go to the homepage, LOAToday.net. The instructions are right there. It literally takes a minute to do. Just follow the instructions and boom, you're subscribed. And when you're done with that, if you have uh, the inclination, there's also about 5,000 social media buttons. You can pick one of them and send a message out to friends saying, hey, I just subscribed to LOA today. You ought to consider doing it too. And that's it. And then from that point on, all the episodes come right to your smartphone. You can play them whenever you want to. You don't have to be tuned in when we're broadcasting live. You can, you know, you can do it while you're, you know, running on the treadmill or driving to work or, you know, pushing the vacuum cleaner around or whatever it is. It doesn't make any difference. Just give yourself the chance to do it and you're going to love it. So that little public message has been brought to you by Breathing Deeply. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. And, and Walt has a standing challenge to anyone to try to find a social media button that's not there. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. I think we have them all covered. We haven't heard any complaints so far, but you never really know. Somebody could find something I haven't heard of. <laughs> so now, we have been we have been reading Money in the Law of Attraction and and it has taken us through um a journey where we learned how to pivot, mm -hmm. which was and has been such a useful tool. Oh yes. So powerful. And I want to talk about that for a minute, just the idea of 
when we are experiencing something that we don't want, but the idea that I want to focus on is when we're just thinking about something we don't want. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? Because sometimes it's, I mean, everything starts with that thought. Thoughts begin the process. So whenever we're having a thought about something we don't want, which is also because we're experiencing something we don't want, the idea is just to recognize it and then ask ourselves, what do we want? Yes. And start to think about why we want it. And that the, the reason, the challenge here is always, so we'll take my example from the beginning of the year where I kept having these symptoms of a bad head cold coming on, I would start feeling those little symptoms and I'd start thinking about those symptoms plus the ones that hadn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty sure at this point, looking back, I did not have a fever, but my mind was saying, I bet I have a fever. <laughs> I feel I feel like a, a little bit, I feel like I might be chilled, you know, I was, and yep. all, all this story in my head. And so the pivot away from that, the pivot to that's not what I want. I'm thinking about all these things I don't want. What do I want? I want to feel well. Why do I want to feel well? And that that temptation to say, because I don't want to be sick. I wouldn't let myself go there. I would start, it, and it, it takes a, a moment, like your person that you asked a question and they had to think about it for a second. Right. I would have to think about it for a second. Well, why do I want to be well? But I would get on that track of, oh, I want to feel well because I want to wake up with plenty of energy and I want mm. to be have my voice in good shape and my breathing and, you know, breathing through my nose so that I can (laughs) speak well to my clients and to, and on the podcast. And I would start going down that trail. That's the pivot. And you can work that pivot for any situation. It's true. Yeah. And it's learning how to do that and practicing it because see, I've always known how to pivot, but I haven't always put it into practice. Exactly right. And we can we can learn all these methods and cool tools and know all about them and be able to teach them and talk about them. But if we don't actually use them, then (laughs) they don't have any effect in our life. So we learned how to pivot and then we learned how to use that to create more money. Yep. And then we moved from money into well being where we are now. And we've been talking about well being. And this section today starts with a conversation where Jerry's asking about, could I inherit my grandmother's illness? This is really an interesting topic to me because we hear people say things like that certain conditions or certain diseases or whatever, I'm making these air quotes, but run in their family, Mm, right? Yeah, genetic connections or something. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm curious what they have to say just because, you know, there there is such a thing as hered- heredity and genetics. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, <laughs> right? Jerry was curious, too. And the way he phrased it was this. He said, I've heard people say, I have migraine headaches because my mother had migraine headaches or my mother is overweight. My grandmother was overweight. My children are also overweight. Do some people inherit physical problems. Abraham says, what appears to be an inherited tendency is usually the law of attraction's response to the thoughts that you learned from your parents. So uh, my my take there is, okay, so we kind of inherited a way of thinking, right? (laughs) Yeah, which (laughs) is true. We know that's true. We we definitely inherit our parents' way of thinking. 
However, the cells of your body are thinking mechanisms also. And your cells, like you, can learn vibration from those around them. However, when you identify a desire and you find thoughts that feel good, which indicate that you are in vibrational alignment with your inner being or source, the cells of your body will quickly align to the vibration of well-being that your positive thought has established. The cells of your body cannot develop negative tendencies that lead to disease when you are in alignment with your source. Your cells can only get out of alignment when you are. Oh, that's an interesting sentence. Yeah. Your, your cells can only get out of alignment when you are. And, and there's a lot of meaning in there that you can kind of skip by. But if you think about what does it mean to be in alignment, to be in alignment means to feel good, to feel happy. So your cells can get out of alignment, not just that they can, can only get out of alignment. They can get out of alignment, period. Like, whoa, really? Your cells can be unhappy? Wow. And then, yeah. <laughs> I mean, think well, about that one. I like the one. thought that your cells are thinking mechanisms. How about that like, one? Yeah. What? <laughs> uh, then it says in italics, your body is an extension of your thought. Your contagious or inherited negative symptoms are supported by your negative thought and could not occur in the presence of chronically positive thoughts, no matter what diseases had been experienced by your parents. Now, here I think is something worth thinking about for a second, and that is this idea of your symptoms could not occur in the presence of chronically positive thoughts. And this is the thing is that we live in a big world with a lot of things going on and we are receiving information on a constant basis and we get out of alignment a lot we do i mean even those of us that are, are conscious about and we know this stuff and we've made this intention to pivot when we recognize we're out of alignment we still get out of alignment. Like I pivot all day long. Oh, me too. I, I don't have a situation where I can say, oh, I, I just have chronic positive. It may be chronic in the way that I'm always bringing myself back to it. But I think that's the important part to recognize is that, you know how Abraham will say, you're never going to get there. You never get it all done. Right. That kind of a phrase. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't see that we come, that we finally arrive and we get to the place where we just never get out of alignment and never have a thought that doesn't feel good. Um, we do get to the place, though, where when we're out of alignment, we notice immediately and we bring ourselves right back. I mean, sort of like driving on a straightaway down the interstate and you are steering the car and you are keeping it to where it's going in a straight line. And you may not notice how much you're correcting for any little, you know, wobble, but you are. Mm -hmm. True. And, and it's not stressful. You're just driving in a straight line and it's easy peasy. If you do it all the time, it's like, well, that's not a big deal. I'm just going in a straight line. If you hit a bump or something swerves you, you just correct. And so I'm not saying it's difficult, but I'm, I am saying that in my experience anyway, um, it's a, it will be constant through life that we're learning how to correct and how to bring ourselves back into alignment. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? 
I mean, it, I agree with you. I, in fairness, I think there are some people who do get stressed driving. You know, so I mean, <laughs> yeah, okay. you have to kind of take that into account. I mean, they're clearly non-breathers, breathing shallowly when they drive, right? But, but uh, yeah, I think overall what you're saying is true. I'm still trying to get my head around what it must feel like to have chronically positive thoughts. Because, I mean, I really, like you, I work all day long to, okay, I want to get back to positive. I want to get back to positive. Oh, wait a minute. I got to get back to positive. But I'm not, I know how that feels. I'm not really sure how chronically positive thoughts feel. What's that well, like? My, What's that experience like? My idea with that would be, I, I hopefully we've all had at least one day uh, in our life where at the end of the day, it just feels like everything was perfect. We had a wonderful day. It was so great. Like one thing after another, you know, and there weren't any, weren't any moments of, you know, badly misaligned thinking or feeling. Um, I think it feels like that. I mean, okay. I, I think we can have more positive, many, many more positive thoughts um, than than not. I'm just saying that when we read this sentence and it says that symptoms cannot occur or could not occur, right? It says negative symptoms are supported by your negative thoughts and they could not occur in the presence of chronically positive thoughts. So to me, that's sort of like a and if, you know, it's like saying, well, if all of us were able to have consistently chronically positive thoughts and not have any other kind of thoughts, in other words, if we could all be in alignment all the time, we'd never be sick. That, <laughs> that's a pretty, and we can, we can put that um, in your, in your positive perspective language and mm -hmm. just say, if we stay aligned always, we will always be Healthy. Healthy. Yeah. Or we will always be experiencing a well-being. And you know what's really strange is that actually is easier to believe. <laughs> I don't know why, but it is. <laughs> you mean when you put it in the positive language? Yeah, when you put it in the positive language, like, well, yeah, sure, simpler. that's easy. I'll be able to shrug my shoulders. Of course that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's, and it, you're right, it's always like this much shorter, much more succinct message that's really straightforward. Right. <laughs> Stay aligned, you'll feel healthy. <laughs> like okay i can do that <laughs> and then the car swerves a little bit <laughs> so oops. I, I, i'm thinking maybe it's time to get a t-shirt that just says stay aligned and anyone who knows what you're talking about will we'll give you a thumbs up and anyone who doesn't know will give you a quizzical look and maybe they'll even ask you what does that mean <laughs> what does that mean right okay so i mean i really i think it's important that that we recognize I guess it's because I'm always wanting to be careful that people that are n new to this way of thought and learning it um, aren't feeling like they're missing it or feeling like they're failing miserable because they recognize they were out of alignment. I'm just making that point. It's the same with meditation. When people come to me and say, I just can't meditate. I've tried I just can't. I sit there. I try to be still. I try to be quiet. I try to focus on my breath. And the next thing I know, my mind is thinking about my job, thinking about all these other things. And I bring myself back. And then all of a sudden, I realize my mind has wandered again. And I keep having to bring myself back. And I go, wait a minute. Like, you're doing it. That's meditation. Yeah. Welcome to the club. Congratulations. You, meditation you're is, is that you have brought yourself back over and over. And that's alignment to me. It is. Is, is when we are aware enough to know. Ooh, what am I thinking about that for? And I bring myself back into alignment. Yeah. And you might you might do it over and over and over all day long, and that doesn't mean 
that you don't get it, that you don't have it yet, that you haven't gotten there, that you're not doing it right. It means you're doing it right. <laughs> and you are getting there and, you, and it gets easier. <laughs> it does get easier. It does get easier. Same with meditation. One day you realize, oh, wow, I, I was focused and not having my mind wander for a, the longest time, much longer than five seconds or two seconds. And the same thing with alignment. Listeners may and, recognize about three or four months ago, I realized for the first time that I'd been meditating for years and didn't know it. I mean, you seriously. do sort of a, a moving meditation, right? A moving or meditation. A meditation, yeah. I, I, right. I, I meditate by walking, and I didn't realize, once we defined it properly, I realized, oh, I'm meditating when I'm doing that, but I didn't realize it. It just never yeah. occurred to me that, I mean, you think of meditating, you think of some guy sitting on a pillow with his legs crossed in that very uncomfortable position <laughs> saying, oh. <laughs> There are so many ways to meditate. I remember I was at a woman's retreat um, like maybe 10 years ago. And one of the things that we did say, okay, we're all going to get in this room and this meditation leader is going to lead us in a meditation. And she had, okay, now just find a place to stand. And at the time I had never even done a meditation where I was standing instead of sitting. And I was pretty, you know, I had been me meditating for quite a while. I was like, oh, this is interesting. We're going to stand up. So, okay, I want you to keep your eyes open. And it was a moving meditation where oh, she was okay. leading us through uh, different movements. And it was fantastic. And it really opened my mind to, okay, there's so many different ways, mm -hmm. you know, to do pretty much anything, right? So, right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Awesome. All right. So, so Jerry continues here. And honestly, when I first read this question, it almost sounds like he's making a very strange request. You have to kind of hear it right <laughs> when you hear the question. But Jerry says, if I hear my mother speak of her headaches and I accept that, then can I start having headaches myself? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like he's requesting it. Can I have I some? I really please? want a headache, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to say, you know, at the beginning of this chapter where it says, um, it's giving, Jerry says, I've heard people say I have migraine headaches because my mother, and he says, my mother is overweight. My grandmother was overweight. And now he's talking about if I hear my mother speak of her headaches. Right. Um, you know, I was always, my whole life have been very small and, and also thin, right? Mm -hmm. Five foot tall, a hundred pounds, you know, soaking wet, not very big. <laughs> and <clears throat> my mother, um, my mother was also small, but at some point in her life, she gained some weight. Now, she wasn't really even overweight, but, you know, she had a, a more weight than I did. And she would say, oh, wait till you, when, as soon as you turn 25, you know, because I guess that's what happened to her, mm -hmm. is that when she got into her 20s, she went from being super, super, you know, skinny to being um, a little more curvy. Um, and I would say, well, I don't know that, mom. And, she, and so when I got to be 25 and I really hadn't gained any weight, she said, well, wait till you're 30. She did this every five years. She'd be like, well, wait till you're 40. Someone would come in and say, oh, your daughter is so tiny. Yeah, well, she's going to put some weight on. Wait till she Just turns wait for it. <laughs> any day now. And I think about the idea now, looking back, I didn't know about law of attraction when I was, you know, 20. But I look back and I think I just didn't, I just didn't accept it. No. Like Fairly I just not. said, well, how do we know that? We don't know that, right? Um, and so when I read this, I thought it was really funny. If I hear my mother speak of her headaches and I accept that, then can I start having some? 
I, 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 it makes like me wonder who edited life. this book. Did Jerry do the editing? Did Abraham do the editing? Who missed this? That's what I want right? to know. <laughs> <laughs> so Abraham says, whether you heard it from your mother or from any other, your attention to something you do not want will, in time, bring the essence of it to you. It sounds like Abraham was rapping a little bit there, but I'll read it, it again. Whether you heard it from your mother or from any other, your attention to something you do not want will in time bring the essence of it to you. The headache is a symptom of resistance to well-being, which occurs when you hold yourself in vibrational contradiction to the well-being of your inner being. For example, worrying about work or feeling angry at your government can cause physical symptoms. You do not have to focus upon a headache to have one. This is true. <laughs> I have a lot of experience, particularly with the second one. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's an interesting idea, too. Um, we've talked about this over and over. If you've been, you know, following with us through this whole section on well-being and the body and physical symptoms, we've talked about this a lot. But just the recognition that, you know, when you have a migraine, it's it's really difficult to focus on the feeling of not having a migraine. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Right. Yeah. But on the other hand, so, what I learned, this is one thing I was learning with, with the, uh, the knee injury I've been recovering from. I told you the story mm -hmm. how uh, yesterday I had a big revelation on that, didn't I? Yes. I did. Yes. Well, that revelation came out of the fact that I took advantage of the fact that I had knee pain, chronic knee pain. It had been going on mm -hmm. for months and decided to use that as a way to exercise my ability to, to refocus in the face of pain. So it all, right, it, it still depends on how you decide to look at it. No, I love that. I love that we're talking about this because it goes right back to what, what we've been talking about this morning of bringing yourself back over and over in a meditation, mm -hmm. bringing yourself back into alignment with your way of thinking. Yep. And I remember you talking about, the excruciating knee pain. Oh yeah, it was pretty. And pretty how painful. you decided to use it as an opportunity to basically to pivot, right? Yep. To to think about what you wanted and how you would only even if you only held that thought for a couple of seconds. And notice and also that the pain. Oh, you know, I had relief for a second, but I had, oh, I had it relief still for hurts a second, now. And then I lost it, and it was and the pain was back, and I pulled it back, and the pain was gone. I lost it, and the pain was back, and it was like back and forth. I could feel it. I could experience it. You know, within seconds of yeah. you know shifting my attention. And then, you know, it was not much long after that that the pain subsided. Right? I mean, it subsided so much that I walked upstairs three times without realizing I had no pain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's encouraging to anyone who is experiencing uh, painful symptoms is that to just a recognition or remembering that it's it's just like that idea of alignment of meditation. It's just bring yourself back, even if you can only focus on something better for a couple of seconds. Just keep doing those couple of seconds over and over. <laughs> and you made a great point on the day where I, I first shared that story about how I was you know, really focusing, using the, the pain experience to try to control where my attention was and not allow myself to be distracted by this overwhelming pain that was just, you know, assaulting me. You pointed out that pain is a sensation, and that's all it is. Yeah. It's just a sensation. And the purpose of your comment was to just kind of put it into context. Like, you know, this isn't like, this is not your life. This is just something you're feeling. 
And and while yeah. that's not an easy thing to hear when you're in the middle of pain, you know what? That there's a little tiny degree of reassurance that you know what it is just a sensation. It doesn't have to remain. Well, and it's sort of like the way things taste. Why do we love the taste of one thing and hate the taste of something else? Right? It's like. And that thing that we can't stand to, to taste, someone else loves it. Yeah, well. And we're like, oh, why do you like that? It's gross. And they're like, oh, it's delicious, right? And so that's the other question that I ask. That's, it's, a, it's just to ask yourself a very curious way. It's like, well, what if I actually like the way this felt? Why do I like some sensations and other ones? I've judged them as so terrible and I don't like them at all. I don't know. And it's not that I'm trying to get you to come to the place where you just love being in pain. It's just when you ask that question, your brain gets a little curious and it takes the focus off for, for a little bit. Oh, I see. It's a way of distracting yourself from it. That's a good sort idea. Sort of, yeah. 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 Okay. I can see that. That would work. Yeah. Because that, right, that's so, all I was trying to do. I mean, when I was refocusing, yeah. I was looking for anything. I could grab onto that would distract me from the pain. So that that would have that, that would have been a good tool to use if I had realized that one. Yeah. Yeah. Just decide to enjoy it for a second. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my, I mean, maybe not enjoy it, but yeah, that that might have been too much of a reach. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so um, we finished we finished Abraham's answer with you don't have to focus upon a headache to have one. And right. I like that. Although Jerry, Jerry's yeah. not done, actually. Jerry has another question along the same line. Right. He says, if I hear my mother complain of headaches and I consciously reject that and say, that may be for you, but that's not for me, does that protect me to some degree? Oh, that's sort of like what I said to my mom. Yeah. Right? Yep. Well, just because you gained weight doesn't mean I'm going to gain weight. That's when right. I, You know, the day I turn 30, suddenly I'm, oh my goodness, what happened? Um, Abraham says, it is always to your advantage to speak of what you want. But you cannot stay in alignment with who you really are and focus upon your mother's headache at the same time. In other words, you got to let go of the headache at some point. Speaking of what you do want while looking at what you do not want does not put you into alignment with what you do want. Okay. Yeah. Take your attention from the things you do not want to attract and put it upon the things you do want to attract. Focus upon some aspect of your mother that causes you to feel good or focus upon something other than your mother that causes you to feel good. So going back to the example you raised about how um, your mother kept telling you you were going to gain weight and you didn't, I'm willing to bet in your mind you were saying, no, I'm not. <laughs> and then you took your mind off it. You didn't want to pay any more attention to it. It just wasn't interesting to you. Yeah, well, especially after the first round. After the first round, it only took one. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, what I'm saying is that, you know, when you're younger and someone tells you something, and especially somebody that you trust and that, you know, it's like, huh. And I said, well, stop. I don't know that. Well, and then when I, when I did turn 25 and I did turn 30, you know, after that first, yeah, no, mom, you say that all the time. It's, <laughs> it's not going to happen. I think I was pretty much... Uh, immune at that point because I just believed something different. Mm -hmm. My beliefs were somewhere else. So it never even entered your head. I mean, it entered long enough for no. you to respond and then it was gone. Yeah. 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 So it's always to our advantage to speak of what we want. Yes. And to focus upon something that feels better. And if you had yeah. actually let that linger in your head and you've been dwelling on, geez, maybe I will put on weight. I wonder if what, that's really what would happen. How much weight would I put on? I bet you you would have put on some weight. 
Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I but don't know. But you didn't do that. <laughs> so Jerry's got a an interesting question here. Well, Jerry doesn't let go. Once he once he's on a theme, he wants to stay with that theme, and so yeah. he's doing that here. <laughs> he's very good at that. He's very methodical and and very step by step with his questions. So so he he goes on to talk about what is the media's role in epidemics. Yeah. Yep. He says, I've been hearing in the media recently that there are free flu shots in town for those who want to go and get them. Will that news affect the spread of the flu virus? Hmm. Um, I want to I want to tell a funny story. Well, an interesting thing before okay. we get to Abraham's answer. Um, but it had to do with. Oh, man, I should find this study so we could talk about it on the show sometime. But it was a study. It was actually a, a political study, um, but it was a study where they were asking people. Um, it was about fear, mm. it, things they were afraid of. And mm. of course, they, they moved that. It, it was it was in a political way, mm-hmm. like people were afraid of immigrants or people were afraid of whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the, this is the really, really interesting part is that. Some of the people that came in to sit down and answer the questions, they gave that um, hand sanitizer stuff, mm-hmm. and some of them they didn't. Okay. And across the board, people that had just like used hand sanitizer were less fearful of the fearful things they. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that is great. What a Isn't great that amazing? That's a great. I result. mean, <laughs> it's amazing. Like they weren't even asking like about you know common cold germs or something that you would think why people use a hand sanitizer. They were asking about other things that people generally, some people say they're worried about. And they said that the people that had just used a hand sanitizer, and there was another thing too. I can't remember some of the people, they did some other thing that was the same kind of along the lines of, you know, protection. Mm -hmm. And then they asked them questions completely unrelated to whatever that was. And the ones that had just used the, the, you know, the hand sanitizer or whatever were less fearful. I thought that was amazing. I'm going to find that study. Um, so, I'm thinking but here, all different you know, ways so, to apply that in life, and I don't even want to go over them on the air. Right, yeah. you got to be kidding me. Well, I just think it's so interesting because he's asking, like, if the <clears throat> if I heard him correctly, because he says, I've been hearing in the media recently that there are free flu shots in town. Will that news affect the spread of flu? Yeah, you can kind of predict it at this point. (laughs) Well, I mean, but he's actually asking, will that, will just hearing that news? Yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah, Abraham says yes. Yeah. He says yes. It will be of great value to the spread of the flu virus. What a great way to phrase it, too. It will be of great value. (laughs) It would be of great value to the spread. Could I have a headache, too? You know, it's like... Um, <laughs> he says, there's no greater source of negative influence in your environment today than your television. Of course, as in every part of your environment, there is wanted and unwanted. And you do have the ability to focus and therefore to receive value from your television and media. But those sources do bring you a tremendously distorted, imbalanced point of view. They look all around your world for pockets of trouble shining spotlights upon them and magnifying them and enhancing the trouble with dramatic music and then funneling it into your living rooms, giving you a tremendously distorted picture of the trouble versus the well-being 
of your planet. <laughs> the constant <Da-dum>. barrage of <laughs> medical commercials. Oh my gosh. I, I, I generally don't watch TV. And so every once in a while, when I am somewhere where there's a TV on, just like on a network station, the medical commercials. Good grief. Oh, yeah. Abraham but, says, You the- know what I love about medical commercials in, in a, a sort of sarcastic way? I love how. After they tell you about the thing, they spend the next 45 seconds telling you all the different side effects. I mean, they're legally they're that required to do most that. Most of the time, that are that sound so much worse than the I mean, actual they sound thing. sound terrible. It's like, <laughs> like, I think I'll just keep the heartburn yeah, or whatever, really. right? Um, <clears throat> the constant barrage of medical commercials is a powerful source of negative influence as they explain to you that one out of every five people has this disease lurking. <laughs> oh and God. you are probably the one. <laughs> they influence you to give thought and then they say see your physician yeah that'll reinforce it (laughs) and when you go to your physician remember the intent of the physician is to find something wrong now your negative expectation is born or enhanced and with enough of that influence your body begins to manifest the evidence of those pervasive thoughts your medicine is more advanced today than ever before, and yet more of you are sick than ever before. Read that last sentence again, please. Your medicine is more advanced today than ever before, and yet more of you are sick than ever before. Thank you. Case closed. Next. <laughs> Remember to create anything. You have only to give thought to it and then expect it, and it is. They show you the statistics. They tell you the horror stories. They stimulate your thought. And as you are being stimulated by the thought in great detail, you have the emotion, the dread, the fear. I do not want that. And one half of the equation is complete. Then they encourage you to go in for a checkup or to come and get the free flu shots. That's interesting there Mm. that, that your focus right now is on, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And then they encourage you to go in for a checkup or to come and get the free flu shots. Obviously, we know it's an epidemic or we wouldn't be offering the free flu shots. <laughs> and that completes the expectation or the allowing part. And now you're in the perfect position for the receiving of the flu or the essence of whatever else it is that they're talking about. Yet you, you, eh. <laughs> let's start over. Word salad. You get what you think about, whether you want it or not. And so it is of great value for you to begin practicing your own story about your well-being so that when the television presents that frightening story, one that you do not want to live, you can hear their version and feel humor about it rather than fear, which is funny because we were just talking about finding it humorous to hear the long list of things. And laughing at it at the same time. Yes, Yeah. absolutely true. I also want to point something else out. Uh, I mean, legally, we have to say we're not doctors, so we're not giving medical advice. So don't listen to us for medical advice. Now, having said that, I'd like to point out that it is a medical fact that every single person's body has cancer cells in it. I'd also like to point out that it's a medical fact that only a tiny percentage of us have cancer. Do the math. Thank you. End of public service announcement. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Walt. (laughs) All right. Catch where we're, this sec- segment starts with catch uncomfortable sensations while they're small. It's like a question. Abraham hey. says, 
Oh, this is all Abraham, so you get to do this. Yeah. Go ahead. Abraham says, the first indication that you are disallowing your physical well-being comes to you in the form of negative emotion. You will not see a breakdown of your physical body at the first sign of negative emotion, but focusing upon subjects that cause a prolonged feeling of negative emotion will eventually cause dis-ease. If you are unaware that negative emotion indicates the vibrational disharmony that is hindering the level of well-being that you are asking for, you may be, like most people, accepting a certain kind, a certain level of negative emotion and feeling no need to do something about it. Most people, even when they feel alarm at the level of negative emotion or stress they are feeling, do not know what to do about it because they believe they are reacting to conditions or circumstances that are outside of their control. And so since they cannot control those unpleasant conditions, they feel powerless to change the way they feel. We want you to understand that your emotions come in response to your focus. And under all conditions, you have the power to find thoughts that feel slightly better or slightly worse. And when you consistently choose slightly better, the law of attraction will bring steady improvement to your experience. The key to achieving and maintaining a physical state of well-being is to notice the indicators of discord in the early stages. It is much easier to refocus your thoughts in the early, subtle stages than after the law of attraction has responded to chronic negative thoughts, bringing bigger negative results. If you could make a decision to never allow negative emotion to linger within you, and at the same time acknowledge that it is your work alone to refocus your attention in order to feel better rather than asking someone else to do something different or for some circumstance to change to make you feel better. You will not only be a very healthy person, but you will be a joyful person. Joy, appreciation, love, and health are all synonymous. Resentment, jealousy, depression, anger and sickness are all synonymous wow that's really really powerful it's powerful once again i want to reinforce we are not medical doctors we are not dispensing medical advice so don't take it that way and as a corollary i'd like to add thank goodness <laughs> i i am so glad i did not go into a career in medicine i am just so grateful that i didn't do that boy oh boy wow I mean, I'm, well, not, you know, I, I'm not saying that people who go into medicine are choosing the wrong career. They're choosing what's right for them, and I say more power to them. I'm saying for myself, I'm glad I didn't do it because for me, boy, that just doesn't work for me at all. just doesn't work for me. Well, what I see as well is that remember that the focus, our focus, is on how we're feeling. And, and like Abraham saying here, it's – it's on us to do that. We get to we get to choose to feel slightly better or slightly worse, right? Exactly. Um, instead of asking someone else to do something different or wanting some circumstance to change, you know, as a life coach, I I hear this fairly often: is that someone will say, "Well, if this could just change, or if someone could just stop behaving this way," and we have to recognize that. How we feel is our responsibility. It's not someone else's. That's so the most powerful no, thing in the world as far as I'm concerned. It's very, very powerful. And so when we relate that to medical treatment, you know, if you're listening and you're seeing a doctor for some condition 
or you're taking medicine, fine. Like if that feels good to you, if you feel like that's the right thing for you to do, keep on doing that sure. thing and add putting your focus on feeling slightly better, putting the focus on joy, appreciation, love, right? Those things are synonymous with well-being. In fact, even dare yourself to go further, dare to focus on feeling really good. Yeah. And let go of the jealousy and the resentment and the anger. And the frustration and things, the fear and, and all that other stuff. And so it's a, it's a day by day, moment by moment, bringing yourself back into alignment. So, you know, we are not doctors and we are not telling you to, to go drop your medical treatment. We're just telling you to add, add the idea of pivoting towards thoughts that feel better. Exactly. Go with because what that will good. go so that will go a long way uh, towards supporting whatever treatment you're going for, right? I yeah. mean, that can only help. Oh yeah. It, it can only help. It can only help. And and we know that putting the focus on how bad things are, <laughs> you know, whether things bad in the world, things bad in your life, things bad when we're when our focus is on you know, I think I'm feeling like I have a fever and I can't breathe out my nose. That's exactly what I'm going to attract more and more of. So it's by, just by the a, way, I also want to clarify practice. something, too, because I, I went I was kind of down on me being in medicine and I, I stick to that. On the other hand, even though I do not want to be an energetic healer, I can at least visualize myself doing that. That I could feel good about because an energetic healer doesn't try to be your decision maker for you. I like the fact that energetic healers are there to to support what it is that you're trying to do, what 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 you're hoping to accomplish, what you're trying to focus on, um, and and so that kind of thing I I really feel good about. I, I wouldn't personally want to do it myself, but um, although I, I, to be perfectly honest, I do help Louise with that sometimes. Sometimes she's got a headache or whatever. She says, you know, do a little energy magic. So I'll try to do some energy magic on her. But that's about the extent of it. I don't want to go into making a career out of it. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I did not go into medicine, but I did have plenty of years where I studied nutritional health and I also managed um, um, an office for two naturopaths. And, you know, that would be called medicine. Um, we were using, you know, tools to help people feel better. And, but we were focused on their wellness. Mm. And that's the and, big deal right there. You focused on yeah. the wellness. That, that's the huge difference in my mind. And so we can do that for ourselves. Yes. But, but the, real, the real idea here that I'm probably not communicating as well as I'd like, but the real idea is that, you know, the, the part that said you don't have to be focusing on your mother's headache to get a headache. Mm -hmm. Like it's not always that. Oh, I knew I was going to get a headache because I was thinking about headaches. No, I got a headache because I was thinking about politics or some other thing in the world. And you know me, I'm an activist. So I'm not telling you not to think about those things. This is true. Um, but when I think about them, I, I do my best to focus on solutions and not on the problem. We take note of the problem and focus on solutions. So in that same way, we get to choose, you know, whatever treatments we want. But, but the idea doesn't even have anything to do with the lack of well-being or or the or focusing on the headache. It's focusing on just something that helps us feel slightly better, and it probably has nothing to do with our medical condition. Isn't it, it probably has, we always come back to breathing? Yeah, because it's really what it is. I mean, and med medicine will tell us this. Medical professionals will tell us that stress 
contributes to almost every disease on the planet. I don't think that the stress is left out of any of them when it comes to indicators. So stress is it. And what's stress? Yes. Lack of breathing. Yes. Yes. This is so true. Um, that number is so high. The, 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 the percentage of maladies that are the result of stress. Yeah. It's, it's way up at the top. It's not 100%, but it's close, right? So relieving the stress and thinking about things that feel better. But let, and let's they also may talk about that for a second. How do you relieve stress? I mean, the direct way is to breathe more directly. Breathe. To breathe more completely. Yeah. Breathe. Um, and then there are other ways to relieve stress. And a lot of times it's doing things that feel good. Mm -hmm. um, creativity. I, I actually took a class where um, I or actually developed a curriculum to teach um, a workshop in intuitive painting. And so intuitive painting, I mean the easiest way to explain it is just look at little kids with finger paint. They're intuitive painting. You know, they're just like, they're not struggling over what they're producing, right? They're not worried about whether it's going to be a high quality painting. They're just having fun. And one of the women who kind of developed part of the process that we used, she, her own story was incredibly, it was just, wow. She had crippling arthritis and, was in a huge amount of pain. And when she was doing this process, she made a painting, a huge painting that she worked on for, I want to say she just painted nonstop for hours and hours and hours and hours. Mm. And she kept painting over the same painting, just painting and painting over it. Really? And she allowed herself to paint whatever she wanted. And she said that it's, at some points it kind of got gruesome she was painting all kinds of things and some of them were not beautiful. Right. <laughs> but she finished it all and went to bed and the next morning woke up and her arthritis had completely gone. <laughs> Whoa. She and my, my it out. Wow. Yeah. And my take on that was that all of those, you know, the things that we don't communicate, the things that we hold inside and the things we become resentful about, the things we become bitter about, the things that we, you know, are jealous about the thing, all those, that list that Abraham just talked about. Uh, oftentimes we don't express that stuff because we don't think it's okay to express it. And, but just her getting it out somehow um, was, it was healing for her. And to me, that's just, Oh, she let go of a lot of stress. That's the simple yeah. positive language approach, right? So just let keep go breathing. of the stress, keep breathe, yeah. <laughs> breathe. That's the word we leave you with today. That's, that's the word. Well, we're going to leave you with one other breathe. thing. And that is for somebody who wants to talk to Cindy Chavez to get some more ideas about how to get back into breathing better or other similar modalities. How do they reach you? They can reach out to me um, online, cindychavez.com, C-I-N-D-I-E-C-H-A-V-E-Z. And you can reach out to me there, contact form, email me, cindy at cindychavez.com. Find me on social media. I'm not hard to find. Come find me. Say hello. <laughs> the only thing that's missing from that is we won't hear from you until next week. So I look forward to talking to you next Tuesday. I'll be back next Tuesday. And we'll until see you then. then. All right. We'll see you all <laughs> next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.